Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Welcome to All Things Undone Podcast. I am your host, Granny. She is. And on this show, we talk about life after divorce and how to move forward successfully. And I am very, very pleased to have with us today, Reverend Dr. Sharice Bradford. She is a transformational therapist. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And she specializes. She waves the flag for self-care, particularly in African-American women. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the differences between self-care versus self-maintenance, because a lot of times we think just because we get a mani-pedi and we take a day off from all the things we do, that now we're healed and whole and we're ready to tackle the world again. Well, psychologically, spiritually, and mentally, that's just kind of not how that goes. It is a band-aid. Self-maintenance is is a band-aid to relieve some of the pressures that we deal with on a daily basis but it is not the end all be all okay so that's what we're going to talk about today before we get started i want to make an announcement hello 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 thank you so much welcome to the show and y'all know it takes a minute for my uh items to come up what's up anthony i see you i see you awesome all right so before we get started i do have one announcement my neighbor who lives in the same uh, complex as I live in, is having a back to school giveaway. She's giving away school supplies to any children who happen to be in our area. I'm in Mandeville, Louisiana. So for surrounding areas, Washington, St. Tammany and Tanchapahoa parishes, Orlean parishes, parish, if you want to come up this way, I'm gonna put a post up with her information in it after this podcast so that you all can have that information. I'm going to continuously run it. She's giving away backpacks, paper, pens, pencils, anything that you could need for um, your children. She will have that. So please spread the word. I'm going to put the address for you guys. My neighbor is doing a back to school giveaway this Wednesday. And I did tell her I would make that that post. So without further ado, welcome Reverend Dr. Sharice. I'm just going to be saying Reverend, I mean, Dr. Sharice going forward, but I want people, I want to acknowledge you as a, a, a woman of God for sure. Thank you for having me. I am so happy and excited to be here with you all tonight. Yay. Welcome. Welcome. Hey, Whitney. That was Whitney that said, hey, Queens. Hey, Whitney. I love Whitney. Hey, Whitney. <laughs> Thank you. So here we go. Um, tell us about what you do, Dr. Sharice, and how you got into coaching and the ther- your particular brand of therapy. So um, I got into coaching because I saw a lot of women around me struggle. And, um, and I was impacted by their struggles. Um, My grandmother, who primarily raised me growing up, was a functional alcoholic. And um, though she worked every day and took care of the house and cooked dinner every day, she was still a functional alcoholic. And the reason behind that was um, she had a traumatic life and that was her way of coping. And then um, my parents, both of my parents, Um, were substance abusers. And so um, I had two parents who had me when they were teenagers and I saw the trajectory that they took in their lives. And at a very young age, I made the decision that I did not want to be like them. And so I, even though I've had some struggles and dealt with my own personal traumas, I 
am a survivor of childhood molestation. And, you know, I've had other things that I've dealt with in my life, but I was just determined that I did not want to repeat the cycle. And so um, that led me to doing some work and, um, you know, self-work and working on myself. And I will never forget, I had a friend who mentioned when we were in seminary together, she mm -hmm. said, you know, um, and I'm going to be very frank. I am very frank. And so um, she said, and is it okay if I'm... Yes, by okay. all means, be honest, frank, authentic, and open. On and show. so my friend said to me, she said, you know, there are a lot of sick bitches that are just drawn to you. Like people just tell you everything. And I had never paid any attention to that. When people would come to me, if it was something I could help them with, I would be willing to help. And um, as I continued to go through school and things like that, I decided that I wanted to um, become a therapist because that would be a way for me to help people in my community. Because number one, we don't see a lot of therapists that look like us. And right. number two, we don't have a lot of therapists who are just really willing to go there with you. And I'm the type of therapist that will go there with you. And we need that. We need, I think someone said it before, I forget what the interview was, but um, they said that, you know, we need therapists that look like us. We need people who understand our background, our experience, what we've come from, what we've come through. Um, we need someone who, who can relate to us. And unfortunately, I'm not knocking any therapist in any other ethnic group, but please don't misunderstand me. But sometimes you need someone who can who can balance that out. Like, for instance, a lot of us had to, like you said, break those generational curses. We had to break the cycle of grandma had, you know, she was a functioning alcoholic. Our parents were substance abusers. They they operated in chaos and toxicity. And that's what we grew up in. Some we grew up in poverty. Uh, in housing projects. I grew up in housing projects. So just imagine the types of relationships that I saw. Nothing very, it definitely wasn't Cosby show work, right? <laughs> it wasn't what we saw on TV. So I could definitely relate to that for sure, which got you into it. So let's talk about, as you said, the kind of sick bitches that comes to you, because that is a good way to put it. And and she doesn't mean physically sick. You mean like mentally, emotionally torn down, spiritually not recognizing who you are, you know, not following your intuition. Right. As right. Like, somebody that, you know, the type of person that always. The type, <laughs> it was the type of person that always had problems. You know, there was always something. And um, and so I can say that. I'm not that person anymore. So um, I work with people more from a therapeutic standpoint. But right. at that period in time, I was just open to being willing to help, being able to talk to people, to meet them where they were and still do, you know, but it was just that I was less, um, I was less controlled about it. So I would immediately go into problem solving mode. And I think for me, um, learning how to, you know, going to school, studying the science of psychology and right. learning how to become a therapist helps you to 
figure out the balance between it because there is a balance. Mm -hmm. And so I am, I'm happy that I was able to go to school and learn the balance and how to be more effective at what I was doing. Very good. So I want to ask you this because the biggest thing is what, what I've noticed when I've talked to people through the years, um, my background is just training, training and for the most part, uh, managing people, communications, the science of communication. That's my whole thing. And what I've learned through the years, helping people and talking to people, I'm not officially a coach. I just train people. That's my whole thing. Um, so getting stuck, getting people past, uh, as a therapist, you could pro you probably see this a lot. People get stuck at certain points in their life, in their experiences that happen to them. Yes, we see them functioning. We see them going to work every single day. We see them taking care of their children, but sometimes they get stuck. I'm going to use uh, a nameless, faceless person that, um, that I've known in the past and they were stuck. They were a victim, unfortunately, of sexual molestation and ran away from home at an early age. They were a teenager. They ran away from home because they reported this to their mother who unfortunately didn't believe the child. Mm -hmm. And so the child ran away. And thank goodness the grandmom took the child in. But at this point, this child feels unloved, unwanted, unworthy. And pretty much as my cousin used the phrase yesterday, stepped off the porch and the decisions that this person made after that just pretty much spiraled them out of control because we are the culmination of the decisions we make in our lives. And she attributed, and we're going to say this person, I said she, but you know, he, she, they contributed all of that, all those decisions to that one pivotal moment of being sexually molested and reporting it and nothing being done about it and no one believes me now what now and they're still stuck how do you move a person past that as a therapist and i know it's a deep answer that's a loaded question but i'm gonna ask <laughs> well it's actually really not a loaded question because that is very similar to my background so okay. when i was molested as a child and i spoke up about it nothing was done and um, and so you are in a very strange situation where you are doing what you've been taught to do as you grow up. If something happens to you, if somebody does something to you, speak up, tell. But then when you tell, nothing happens. And so what was all of this training for if I get to this crossroad and nothing happens? And then more than anything else, um, you know, as parents, parents are the protectors of their children. So as a child, you then feel unprotected. So who is my protection? And so for a lot of um, youth and, and young people in that situation, you become your own protection. And that's a good thing and a bad thing in a lot of ways, because you're hypersensitive. You um, sometimes you create scenarios where you shut people out and you don't allow people in and and you can do that in physical ways a lot of times when you see people that are hoarders or people who mm -hmm. overeat it's a protection mechanism and so that is the way that they have found to protect themselves 
I will make being around me unwelcoming so that people don't, you know, want to be around me and they don't want to be in my presence. And so those are the types of effects that happen when you enter into situations like that. However, um, you don't heal from it overnight. Right. And so it's a process. And the first step in the process is to understand that, number one, it's not your fault. The um, the incident, the violation that happened is not your fault. The fact that the people that were supposed to protect you failed you is not your fault. Mm -hmm. And so you start from there and you start from that framework and you start to realize that as you grow older, you find yourself in a space where you have to reclaim that peace that you should have had as a child. Now, the memories don't go away and right. you will have triggers and things like that. But you work to find a workable peace where you can live a healthy life, a productive life, a... Um, a life without the dysfunction and the chaos that can come from situations like that. But you have to do the work. And right. the most important part of the work for me and from what I've seen with a lot of people is understanding that it's not your fault because people right. internalize that they take the blame. They feel like, um, you know, I did something wrong or I did something to, to cause this. I was the reason why. And it's right. not you. It's not mm -hmm. you. It is a series of dysfunctional people around you who failed you, but you didn't fail yourself. Which is beautiful. And that brings us, that's like a perfect segue into self-care because this is kind of where it begins, right at that acknowledgement of saying, hey, these things happened to me. The memories aren't going to go away. So I have to start here with accepting and acknowledging it happened. It's not my fault forgiving myself. That is a hard mm -hmm. process. I've, I've worked through some, I'm still working through some things, not only from childhood, but as an adult that I've gone through, through the years and just trying to get, uh, making peace with certain things. Uh, some stuff is easy to get over. Other things, traumatic things, um, not, not so much, not so much. So self-care, I want you to kind of, let's get in, into talking about for someone who would say it's overwhelming, I don't know where to start. Cause that was back to my example of this faceless, nameless person. Uh, I started my healing journey some years ago and mm -hmm. I was talking with this person and we, we have, we were, had become really, really close friends for years. And I remember this person breaking down and just saying, I have no, I don't know. I, I don't know where to start with my life. Like I've tried to start over. I'm a spiritual person. So of course, I'm like, okay, let's take a step back and go within. Let's start with prayer. Let's start with God. And it doesn't look the right. same for everybody. It does not look the same for everybody. Everybody's spiritual journey doesn't look the same. And uh, that was one of the things she finally did understand. She, uh, he finally understood was okay. It doesn't look the same because she kept saying, when I kept saying, okay, let's pray. Let's talk about it. Let's dive in a little deeper with prayer. Prayer is not what you think it is. It's a conversation with our higher being, with our God. It's a, it's a conversation. You can have it just like we're having this conversation now, Dr. Sharice. You have this conversation. Mm -hmm. And God will show you through signs and synchronicities that you what you have asked for is coming to you. We just have to be open to see it, to notice it. But um, she was, patience is the one. That's the thing. 
So forgiveness of self and patience, she was like, I want it to happen now. I don't see it. It's not happening fast enough. And I can't, I don't know where to begin with this. So it's, that's, uh, it's kind of hard because it's different for everybody. So where to begin without getting lost and drowned in your own thoughts? And so it's very interesting that you bring that up because we have become accustomed nowadays to life of convenience. And that even comes with our emotions. We want those instant fixes, the instant happy, the instant right. And I come from a generation that predates microwaves. And so when I grew up, you used to heat your food up in the oven. And so everybody didn't have them. Everybody didn't have a microwave. You had either the oven on the top of the stove or the one on the bottom. And you, that's how you reheated your food or you reheated it on the stove. And so um, though evolution is wonderful and it's great to see all of the progress that we've made, a lot of times it can also set us back because now people want everything to be instant. You have instant coffee. Like I remember the days when my grandmother had the little percolator coffee pot, nice. you know, <laughs> and so we want everything instant now. And that is, and especially when it comes to our emotions, that's not mm -hmm. how it works. We cannot flip our emotions on and off like a switch. A lot of people do, a lot of people try, but it's not genuine. And so, um, you know, you mentioned the word patience. And um, I think people think of, you said it in your intro, self-care is, oh, you know, I had a rough day. I'm going to go get a manicure. I'm going to go get a pedicure. Right. Self-care for me, my paradigm for self-care is starting where you are with what you have. And what I mean by that mm -hmm. is self-care, number one, should not cost anything. Right. We have been given all of the equipment, all of the tools, all of the knowledge that we need to take care of ourselves, and it's just to use it. And so what do I mean when I say that you start with where you are with what you have? So I'm not going to give you a solution or a one, two, three without a plan. And so right. here it is. And so for me, self-care is as simple as waking up five minutes earlier in the day and sitting in silence. Just a time where you can center, where you can, you know, get your thoughts together, where you can, and not even so much about, you know, a lot of people will tell you, you know, plan out your day and think about that's not what this is for. It is a moment that is just for you. And especially people with kids, like, you know, do it before the kids get up or before your spouse gets up that you just you time like when you say you time it doesn't require you having to get in the car and you know right. drive out your gas and all this other kind of stuff like you should have a place in your house that is a peaceful spot for you right and that should be that's the beginning of self-care you know you can get a piece of paper and you can write on that piece of paper three things that you're grateful for every day and for me, it is planting seeds. And so that's planting a seed. And so when you plant those seeds, good things come back to you because you're not focused so much on the negative or what's going wrong or, you know, what's to come. And that can be at the beginning of the day or at the end of your day. Um, another thing that I suggest people do is to um, like if you if you're a coffee drinker, if you drink tea, 
get up and have your coffee or tea by yourself for just those five or 10 minutes where you have that time that's just your like, woo, soft time. You know, um, if you live in a place, I live in Chicago. So this next one doesn't work all year round for me. Okay. Get out in nature. And so walk outside of your house, take a walk around the block, or, you know, if you don't live in a safe area, don't go where you have to run, you know, for, (laughs) you know, if, if there is somewhere safe for you to have that time where you can just go outside and walk around the block, or, you know, if you have a backyard and you can go and just stand in your yard and, you know, just smell some fresh air and, you know, it, that's, totally free. It costs you nothing. And so when I talk about self-care, it is the things and the activities that you can do that don't cost you any money. Um, I typically do self-care challenges in my Facebook group or on my Instagram page. And normally I do them for like 30 days. Sometimes I do shorter ones. And one of the things that I always start with the first day is always to write a letter to yourself. And the purpose of that is this, we all, it is my opinion, and I will stand behind this 100%, okay. as my coworker says, 10 toes down, ten toes. Um, with, we all like to get something in the mail that's not a bill. Oh, and yes, Lord. Encourage people at the beginning of the month to just sit in quiet and solitude and write a letter to yourself. And it could be about anything. But then wait five days, 10 days, wait to the end of the month and then mail that letter to yourself. Actually put a stamp on it, put it in the mail, mail it to yourself. And a lot of times for a lot of people, what you put in that letter ends up being the message or something that you need when you receive the letter. And it's something that is so easy to do, or even Mm -hmm. if it's not a letter, a card like I have a box or two or maybe three in my house <laughs> that are cards and so if I'm out in the store um you know if I go to the dollar store and they have like a really pretty unique card that's blank mm-hmm. on the inside I will buy those pack of cards and just use it to you know write a card and send a card to yourself oh my or- god we have something in common <laughs> Or send a card to somebody. Yes. Or send a card to somebody that you haven't talked to in a while. Or Mm -hmm. because that same way that you feel good getting something in the mail, other people do too, you know. And and it could just be like, oh wow, you know, Amy thought of me. She sent me a card. This is, you know, great. Mm -hmm. But it's those little things that we do. Self care is about little things. And I'm not knocking the big stuff. I'm not knocking the medis and petties. Look, my nails are done. I, I need to get a pedicure and I will in the next few days, but my toes look good. It's that time of the year. But that's to me, that's maintenance because I'm spending money. I, I have earned the right to be able to do that. And right. self-care is, and that's a privilege. And mm-hmm. so self-care is your God-given right. It's not mm-hmm. a privilege. It is your God-given right because there should be something every day that you can do for you that is considered self-care. Very good. So listen, y'all, see, that's the difference. Self-care equals organic, things you don't have to pay for. Your God-given internal 
instincts, intuition, and ability to bring yourself out of whatever you're feeling. That's what that is. Versus self-maintenance is when we have to attach some dollar signs to it. Getting our nails done, getting a massage, getting a pedicure, going to get our hair done, shopping, retail therapy, going out to eat, maintenance, self-care, meditation, writing letters to yourself, journaling, taking five extra minutes in the morning for yourself, prayer, if you pray, because I know that we are, like I said, we all view God and spirituality differently. Me, I pray, I talk to God all day, all day long. First of all, he keeps my secrets so well, and they're not even secrets, because if you're confessing it to God, it's, it's not a secret. Uh, so him, I can talk to about anything. Mm-hmm. Getting back to what she said when it comes to um, self-care maintenance, I was going somewhere with that and my brain was like, oh yeah, I know what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, the morning routine, thank you. Whitney, and it could be day. an evening routine too. So you it could really do five can. minutes at the start of your day. So for me, yeah. I drag in the morning but and, and I will tell you guys what I do for self-care. <laughs> Um, But it could also be at the end of the day, too. So it doesn't have to be a beginning of the day kind of thing. You can wait till everybody go to sleep and have five or 10 minutes of peace all to yourself or five or 10 minutes where you watch your favorite program uninterrupted where you don't have to share the remote or you don't have to, you know, it. it, so it could be at the end of the day or it could be your wind down routine, but it's whatever you make it out to be. Very good. Thank you. That's true. It, morning. I'm not, I'm like you, I'm really not a morning person. Now I set my alarm every day for 6 20 AM to get up. Lately I've been waking up between 5 45 and 5 55. I've wake. I've, I've woken three times last week. It was 5 55. I said, let me go look up that angel number. It means change is coming <laughs> transformation, but change is always happening. But yes, indeed. Self-care, organic self-maintenance. You got to pay a little money for it. And those type of things happen, you know, you will have, so for me, I normally get up at six, but it's like about five o'clock, I got to go to the bathroom. So, you know, I get up and then I can go back to sleep for the hour and it does not bother me at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But then once I start my day, so self-care for me is in the morning. And what I do is I take a hot bath every morning. And, and it's from anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, but that is my time where it's quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no interruption and it's peaceful mm-hmm. and there's something soothing about the water. And mm-hmm. it's just my time where I'm totally relaxed. Mm-hmm. I'm totally just, you know, disconnected from any and everything before I get my day started. And then of course I get my day started. And one of the other things that I do is I try to get to work very early. And so even five or 10 minutes entering the office before my coworkers, Mm -hmm. I have that time where I can get a jumpstart on emails before people start making demands on your time for the day and do things in the office that um, because I'm very, 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 very intentional and deliberate about my time. Mm-hmm. So they know when Sharice is off work, unless it is like almost the building on fire, like she's going to deal with it when she comes in the office the next day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I left work today 
early because I've been getting over a cold and it's like that last little bit that's just playing with you. Like, I'm not going nowhere. All in your throat and stuff. You know what? I'm going home. After we get done with this podcast, taking some NyQuil so that I can get this out. But um, one of my bosses called from work and mm-hmm. was like, I need you to do, I need a favor. I need you to do X, Y, and Z. And I was like, how soon do you need it? And he was like, oh, you can handle it tomorrow. I said, I'll do it when I get the first thing, when I get in the office in the morning. Right. But it is being intentional with people and not being afraid to say, right. because somebody else would have been like, okay, I'll do it right now. But mm-hmm. look, dude, I left early today because I need to get my life in order. Right. And I'm not trying to do it all week. And so I was, I'm was i not there right now for a reason, but I can do what it is you need to do. But just let me know when you need it done and we can make it happen. And so that's another form of self-care. It didn't cost me anything. That's it right. cost me my commitment, mm-hmm. my words that I will do something but it was not an infringement on my time or what I needed to do for me today. And so that is another way that you practice self-care. Very good. I'm, I'm saying, okay, because we're going to be taking a break in about 30 seconds. But before we, we start that, I wanted to say two things I picked up on. Self-care, and you already said it. The first one is be intentional with your actions. Be very intentional every day. As a matter of fact, that's part of my mantra in the morning. I set my intentions every morning about how my day is going to go. I set my intentions. I have a very simple mantra. It's just four little rules for me to follow to keep my life together. Let my yes be yes and my no be no. Self-care, boundaries, put those things in place. Don't make assumptions. Don't take it personal and do my best every day. The four agreements. The four agreements. (laughs) One of my all-time favorite books and one that I will always recommend, if you have not read it, read The Four Agreements. It will change your life. It will change your life. And you all know if you watch this podcast, how often I talk about The Four Agreements. I'm almost, I'm, I'm actually reading The Mastery of Self right now. But that summarized the Bible for me, those four little principles, because it kind of encapsulates everything that we learned um, as in Christianity, which is a lot, uh, and which we're not going to get that much into today. Cause that's another entirely different topic, uh, for an entirely different day, but here we go. We're going to pick right back up on self-care, intentional and boundaries. When we come back from break, cause it is indeed time to take a break. Take us away, Wayne.
are back. So a few other things before we get started uh, with what we're talking about. Please download the BWNC app. It is free. It is Black with No Chasers Radio. And so we're definitely trying to support that. So make sure you do that. Also, if you're watching this, like it and share. Please join in the comments. But definitely like and share so we can get other people to know about the podcast. So everyone can walk in love with God, self, and others. And we can learn how to move past heartbreak successfully. Okay? So that's that. Check out our other shows. I need to mention Dylan's Dive Bar coming this fall as part of the lineup for I Am Well Media Group. And you already saw all the other lovely programs that we have. So yeah, we're doing great things. My whole mission is for us to learn to walk in love with God, self, and others. To move past heartbreak, okay? Because I've been there myself and it sucks really, really bad. Back to our conversation. It does. I did want to touch on some things. So self-care routine. I usually take baths in the um, in the evening. That's my quiet time. Now, I was married for, for 25 years. And in, 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 uh, as one of my friends says, in the time before, in my time before, I had been married for 25 years. And one of my routines after my children went to bed and after my husband was well taken care of, because, yes, we have to take care of those lovely men of ours. I would run me a nice hot bath and get me a glass of wine or juice or water. I am a reader. Uh, Whitney, if you're still on here, my friend Whitney has a, a book club. She is a reader as well. And that would be my quiet time at night after everyone else was taken care of. I would sit down, read the, a couple chapters, zone out before going to bed. And I slept like log. Now, I know a lot of times as women, we, we we save ourselves to the end of the day. But if you are a morning person, by all means, get up. I have actually started to incorporate some things, like I said, early in the morning for myself. Uh, my children are adults, adults now, so it's a little different for me, right? I don't have to. Uh, I have all the time. <laughs> I have all the time. But for those of you who may be watching who who do have family still and you still have to work around your children, Find out, find ways to carve out that time. Part of self-care is knowing when to say no. I was listening to my friend send me a sermon yesterday, and I am so grateful and appreciative of them for sending it to me. It was about vision, prioritizing your priorities. That, mm -hmm. was, that was the title of it. And in it, he was saying two very important words he needs for us to learn. Big, big, big words we need to learn. The first one is yes. And the second one is no. Right? I think Dr. Sharish, you may be on mute, so make sure you, you come off mute. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. All right. You're shaking your head. I'm sorry. No, yeah. I was just shaking my head because, yes, two yes. very big yeah. words, well, small words with very big connotations behind them. So, right. yes. Yes and no. And he was saying you need to be intentional with both your yeses and your nose because there are certain times in life where yes we need to give freely of our time depending what it is but as part of self-care as part of prioritizing your priorities you need to learn to say no when it's appropriate because we cannot take on the world we if we're pouring out of an empty cup we have nothing to give to anyone else so we have to really be cognizant of that be really intentional with our yeses and our nose like example with with dr Charisse and and her boss yeah, uh, it can wait till tomorrow, sir. Okay, who's got the monkey? It, I'm going to pin that article. I don't know if anybody's ever read Who's Got the Monkey, but it's an article that's called Who's Got the Monkey? And it's literally saying 
you have to delegate what's my responsibility versus in this case if you're a manager versus my coworkers or versus my uh employees you can switch that and use it for your life as well what's my responsibilities versus my children's versus my husband's versus the communities versus x y and z and prioritize give it back start learning to give stuff back i had to learn how to do that let me go ahead and uh point you to some resources that can help you in x y and z and i, I will add one thing to that be mm -hmm. unapologetic because sometimes we say yes or no and then we want to oh well i know because we walk or, it back. You know, mm -hmm. no let your yes be yes and your no be no and be unapologetic about it it mm -hmm. is something about um just being on your grown person's business and right. sometimes with grown person's business you have to let your yes or your no be unapologetic very good that's that's just what it is you let your yes be yes and your no be no i had to learn that and at and first no is a complete I, sentence it is it's just no i used to feel guilty about it though now, i don't now because like i said i've been i've been practicing it's intentional you have to practice being intentional you really do i used to feel so funny telling people no and i would walk you back and um when this divorce happened which happened for me in 2020 but there was separation prior to that you really do learn when you're going through um these tower moments in life when you're going through these really tough seasons you really learn who's really in your corner and you find out god is really there in your corner <laughs> sometimes it's just you and the good lord above you do have people supporting you but when it when it's tough it's tough and you just feel like it's just me i learned in those moments not when i was being celebrated you guys not when everyone was around and you know and my husband is a former pastor i was a former first lady for almost 20 years so it wasn't when everyone was around it wasn't when i was on the mountaintop it truly was those valley moments mm -hmm. is when i learned okay i need to sit down and really take take accountability for myself and and what i need to do to let my light shine because you can get yourself in such a place in such a dark space you're not going to do that so you really thank you wayne be intentional in everything you say and do your your words part of self-care listen y'all listen and dr dr sharice I'm gonna I'm pass it to you your words hold weight there's truly life and death mm -hmm. uh in the power of your tongue be okay. really intentional not even with your not just with your words but also with what you think about yourself and about others because what you think about others is ultimately a reflection of how you feel subconsciously about yourself see how deep self-care goes oh my goodness it's layers and layers to it i will it's add two things um one thing is always remember that your thoughts are things think of your thoughts as things and they are seeds and so your thoughts can grow flowers or they can grow weeds. And mm -hmm. so think of what you are intentionally putting your mind power toward. Mm -hmm. So what you feed will grow and what you starve will die. And so the negative part is what you starve. Mm -hmm. And the positive part is where you grow. 
And so always think of that. Think of your thoughts as things. And when you get ready to put it out there, like what kind of seed am I planting? What kind of seed am I planting? Because, you know, you are planting something when you think about things. That's what people talk about, prayer and manifestation and belief. And, you know, these are, it all starts in your mind. And so um, be very careful in what you are, what you're planting be very careful in, in how to and, cult, and be careful in cultivating your garden and what you're putting in your garden. If you plant a lot of BS in your garden, then that's what you're going to grow. That's so right. um, keep that in mind. And then another thing that you talked about is taking care of yourself. And so um, being intentional and, you know, God gave us us to take care of. God didn't give us anybody else to mm-hmm. take care of. So I'm not saying don't take care of your kids and things right. like that. But what I'm saying is at a certain point, you are even no longer responsible for your children. Right. They are, they become adults. They become mm-hmm. people who have thoughts and opinions and ideas and lives and, you know, social networks that have nothing to do with you. You are responsible for you. And a lot of times we spend so much time trying to be responsible. You want to answer that too? I'm going to answer this question. We spend a lot of time putting so much energy into other people Mm -hmm. and we're not putting anything into us. And so that saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. No. And and so we spend so much time emptying our cups, sprinkling a little bit on everybody. And Mm -hmm. then when we get come back to the cup, it's empty and it ain't nothing in there for us. Right. We (laughs) have to be more intentional about us. And so these seeds are energy. Yes, absolutely, Jonathan. They are, you are putting energy into Mm -hmm. what you think. There is power Mm -hmm. in your thoughts. There is power in what you think. And so when you put it out there, yes, that energy leaves you and it can come back and it can be multiplied. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the, mathematics behind the multiplication is how much work you put into it Mm -hmm. and so thoughts are going to come and go and um there is another thing um another acronym that i will leave with you all and that's ants Mm -hmm. a-n-t-s and ants are automatic negative thoughts and so Nobody ever said that you won't have bad thoughts. You won't think bad things. They happen. You know, God said that weapons would form. They just won't prosper. Right. And so you can get rid of those automatic negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you see ants in your house? You squash them, you spray them, whatever, you get rid of them. However, mm-hmm. whatever your method is, I'm not trying to promote animal cruelty or anything like for people <laughs> animals, but you get rid of them because they're unwanted pests. And so that's what you have to do with the automatic negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so um and so just remember that again, your thoughts are things. They are like seeds. You can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. So be intentional about what you're planting. How you're fertilizing what you're planting, and then watch what harvest after you do that. Awesome. And so, Jonathan also asks, How do we refill our cups when we are depleted? 
I'm glad you asked that, Jonathan, because mm -hmm. we don't get into that. Again, there is a difference between self-care and maintenance. Refilling your cup is not the weekly standing appointment for your mani-pedi or your haircut or your, you know, appointment with the beautician. You can refill your cup however you feel you need to refill your cup. So I refill my cup daily with my own quiet time in the bath. When I have those moments that carved out time to myself, I am refilling my cup. I am recharging, so to speak. You know, when your phone gets in the red bar and we all get in the red bar from time to time, the way to fix that is you recharge. And so you have to figure out what that is to recharge. And again, we just talked about being unapologetic. So a lot of times we institute things to recharge or to refill our cups, but then we're apologetic about it. You know, I don't want to wash dishes today. I want to just sit on the couch and the dishes ain't going to kill nobody. And they're going to be there. They are nobody. And so if recharging or refilling for you is five or 10 minutes just on the couch, like I came home one day last week and, um, you know, my husband's sitting and he's, we sitting in the living room and I just came and laid across the couch. The TV wasn't on mm -hmm. and, and I just needed that little few moments of peace. And I just came and I just stretched out on the couch and it was like. <sighs> okay, like Dr. Sharice, I'm going to take this this mm -hmm. comment right here and we, we're going to come back to your uh, scenario. So, uh, Jonathan, and our condolences to. Absolutely. Heart goes out to, to your friend's family. The comment, you guys, if you can't see it, says, I wish a friend of mine was here to hear this. Sadly, she committed suicide last week. Recharging is so important. Now, before we move forward we please do this after the show please share the suicide prevention hotline please do that um i'm gonna i have some resources pinned pinned in the all things undone facebook group that can help you guys please share it with friends who are going through things when you see people post things on facebook that you think are harmless phrases but it kind of has a negative undertone or they say something like i love you all you know i'm glad we spent time together those kind of comments when people put those out there check on your friends check on your strong friends too mm -hmm. check on the people that are always smiling and they always have their life together you feel like they do check on them they go through things too i will be honest with you i have never committed i mean come come contemplated suicide but i've contemplated leaving my family leaving my children i've like been in such a state of numbness and depression and just feeling dead inside and just saying well what if i just start over completely that's you can't run away from your problems it is you know unfortunate that people do but suicide is a way that people try to escape mm -hmm. unfortunately it's a permanent ending to this life it's a permanent ending your energy will continue on your spirit will go where it needs to go whether you believe in dharma karma or, or god hell in heaven and hell energy never dies you guys it, it can never change form. It just transforms. So that person is their body is no longer here in human form, but they have to still learn whatever lessons they need to learn in the what we call the afterlife. That energy goes somewhere. So we will keep her family in prayer, her spirit lifted up, Jonathan. 
lift yeah. your free spirit up for sure please 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 you guys uh look at those resources i'm going to repost them again after the show for suicide prevention hotline for abuse of any kind and also reiterate the other resources we have available for you guys including dr sharice who is a transformational therapist her information will be available for you guys last week we had nilzara on and right now nilzara is doing a name your price type of session so i'll have her information up too she is an abuse recovery coach so and do you all have the number 988 um 988 is a new mental health crisis hotline and um i just want to say that it is so um timely that we are having this discussion because today is the last day of minority mental health awareness month oh, wow. and so july every july is minority mental health awareness month and this is the last day of minority mental health awareness month and so jonathan again our condolences to you on the loss of your friend mm -hmm. and um and there are so many people who are at that edge and walking a fine line and they just feel like there is nowhere to turn and nowhere to go. And I would say, you know, it, it sounds cliche, but there is always hope. There is always help available. I am very intentional. I work in the area of finance in my daily life. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I am very intentional about is to make sure that people understand that there are free resources for absolutely everything you are looking for in this world, more than you would ever dream, hope, or imagine. Right. And so, um, you know, but a lot of times people, again, and especially in the, in the African-American community and communities of color, mental mm -hmm. health, talking about it, dealing with it, asking for help, searching for help, there's a stigma attached to it mm -hmm. because we were strong. And for Black women, it's like a extra, you know, a, we're, we're extra yeah. stigmatized because we were always the backbones, the, the caretakers, the protectors even when people didn't acknowledge it, you know, we would, you know, take care of everybody. And so um, for us, it's sometimes even more stigmatized that we, because we have become accustomed to wearing our capes. Yeah. And I just say now it's not cool to wear a cape anymore, <laughs> unless it's a costume party or, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's, take off the cape and and again be unapologetic about it there are resources i always offer people a free consultation um just because sometimes you may not need a long-term relationship with a therapist now there are a lot of people that do but you may not need that you may just need somebody to direct you to the right resources to tell you and if and for those of you who are listening and you have a job nine times out of ten if you have employer provider health care if you look on the back of your insurance card there is a number for your employee assistance program right and that is an underutilized resource and that is a free confidential mental health care provided 
by your paid insurance that you are paying for because most of us contribute to our insurance plan. Yes, we do. So it is a free resource available to you. You can call them. They do exactly the same thing that you would pay a therapist for. They cannot disclose that you have called, that you can, the only time we as mental health professionals make phone calls or report is if we feel like you're a threat to yourself or a threat to someone else. Other than that, what you share, what we talk about is absolutely confidential. And so absolutely use your benefits. And that is another thing of self-care I want to add so that this does not get missed either. Use, go to the doctor, people. Go (laughs) To yes. also a part of my self-care challenges mm-hmm. when I do self-care. And one of them is to make sure however old you are from the mm-hmm. age of 18 until you leave this earth, there are health screenings that, mm-hmm. and especially in the African-American community that we need every year, every five mm-hmm. years. And so know what those screenings are at your age, know what those age appropriate screenings mm-hmm. are and go to the doctor. If you do not have insurance, there are community healthcare clinics, there are community healthcare providers, there are hospitals that are state, county, government funded that you can go and see a doctor for. And if you don't have insurance, make those appointments now, because a lot of time, if you're going to the free clinic, and ain't nothing wrong with going to the free clinic, if that's what you have to do, but sometimes there's a long wait to get in And so make those appointments now. We have got to stop playing with our health because we are dying from preventable issues that we can deal with if we would just go to the doctor. And it is not, listen, (laughs) here's the thing. And we were talking about being unapologetic about things. Sometimes in this life, we need to be selfish. Dr. Sharice mentioned this about our children being outside of us. At the end of the day, you have to be selfish about this one body that you have. This is the body your spirit and soul is housed in. This is the body your energy is housed in. And the scripture talks about, you know, taking care of your temple. And a lot of times we keep that on the 3D level, thinking that, That means I shouldn't curse and that means I should follow the Ten Commandments because in a way that's kind of how it's ingrained in our heads. Taking care of this temple physically, going to the doctor, it will break down on you if you do not take care of it. Part of my daily mantra, part of my self-care routine in the morning is I talk to this body and I talk to this body at night too. I thank it for carrying me. I thank my feet for carrying me because it's the only pair I'll ever have to walk through this entire journey. And my feet have to carry me spiritually and physically in this in this 3D world. Thank you to my heart for pumping the blood all over my body. Because if it stops, guess what? That's it. That's the end of it. You know, every part of your body, whether we acknowledge it or not, plays a vital role in us keeping balanced. It is so vitally important. My body, I love it. I cherish my body. And the more I learn about it, the more I know about it, the more I want to cherish it. We are not kind of taught it that way coming up. Um, But now that I'm older and I understand, I I clearly see and understand for myself, this body here, 
I want it to be well-rounded. I want to be balanced in all things, you know, physically. Yes. That doesn't mean go to the gym and you ain't got to go in there and then no, go to the doctor and get your checkups, go get those things. They're really important. The older I get, the more I want to go. I get one aching pain. I'm going to the doctor. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cause I'm my finger to- hurt. What, what's yeah. wrong with my finger? I need to know what's wrong with this finger because I had an uncle who didn't go to the doctor, right? He just said, oh, I just had a minor ache. He thought it was a minor ache, but maybe he had a high tolerance for pain. When he finally got it seen about it, it was cancer that had metastasized all over his body. And unfortunately, he did not live long. And it's not just him. I had a female employee who thought she had a sinus issue and did not get it seen about. And three months later, she passed away. So these minor things that you think are, oh, it's just a, a minor ache. You better go get it seen about, especially if you want to live your best life and you want to be here for your friends and your family. And most of all, if if you have a mission in this life to let your life shine in whatever capacity that is, whatever God has laid on your heart to come out into this world and share with other people, I don't care how small you think it is. Okay, get out and do it. God told me share a walk in love. Show people how to do it. Show people how to do it. It's not hard. You just walk in love in your everyday regular life. You just be you. Mm-hmm. And I'll do the rest. Okay. And I said, okay, God, I, I, I can do that. I can come out here and do that. And that's it. That's what I'm doing. So please see about yourself. See about yourself. I can't, I can't even stress it enough. So um I have yapped and yapped. I'm sorry, Dr. Sharice. <laughs> you are doing absolutely well because I will say this. In the Christian community, there are too many of us as Christians that walk around test the line. Test the line, yes. And the first test the line that people will tell you is that they are blessed and highly favored. Yes. They are depressed. They are sick. They are broke. They are broke down. They mm-hmm. have struggles. But we want everybody to feel like we have fake temples. And so... You know, you can have in Chicago, a lot of our houses and buildings are made of brick. And so now people build houses and they are this fake brick facade. We got to stop testing line and we got to start being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, we are men are taught to man up and push through pain. That is a fallacy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it is why a lot of our fathers, grandfathers, uncles, did not live like, listen, Sherelle just gave a perfect example of her uncle, had mm-hmm. minor aches and pains and came to find out it was cancer. And, and the fact of it is most cancers, and I used to work in the healthcare field, so most mm-hmm. cancers are preventable if they are caught early enough. And so when you don't go to the doctor and you delay the egg, you delay the pain, it it's because you don't you don't catch it early enough and right. so again we have to like remember the white lady that used to have an infomercial and i may be dating myself and she used to it's run right. around the tv saying stop the insanity we have to stop the insanity because <laughs> it that is what listen mm-hmm. um jonathan true story that mm-hmm. is what happened to my dad my dad mm-hmm was out here living a life running the streets you know i'm hard i'm a man and he came to visit we were at my grandmother's house one day 
and he sounded like Wolfman Jack. And I don't know if people remember Wolfman Jack, but I do. <laughs> and um, and so everybody was like, you know, what's the matter with your voice? Like, what's wrong with you? And my aunts forced him, his sisters forced him to go to the emergency room, and he was experiencing congestive heart failure. And what that congestive heart failure led to was him eventually ending up on dialysis. But after that first incident, he spent about three months in the hospital mm -hmm. where they, you know, I'm his only child. They called me in and they were like, you know, you need to talk to the hospice coordinators and, you know, it does not look good. And I will say that that was probably 12 years ago. Um, my dad is still here. He's still oh, going to dialysis. Um, he outlived one of his sisters um, yeah. and a niece. And, um, and he would have probably been the one expected to go first because of the lifestyle that he was living. Mm -hmm. And so, but it was that exterior that, that, you know, I'm a, I'm a man and, you know, this kind of thing that kept him from really taking care of himself. And so now he, um, he takes care of himself when he does not go to dialysis. I get a phone call and he don't want that to happen because. Right. So what we're going to pause right there. One final break. Ahead. And we're going to come back and finish up because I right. do want to hear about your dad. All, All right. right. Take it away, Wayne. I'm just dancing down. Anytime the music break comes, I'm like, oh, we're just jigging down. So welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Um, again, wait, we have one more. Oh, yes, my daughter, Riviera Nathaniel. She's the owner of Relaxation Remedies. Please, please, please check her out online at relax relaxationremedies.org. She has started her own mobile massage business. She is a certified uh, massage therapist, and she has a bachelor's degree in kinesiology so she definitely knows what she's doing we'll have her information up later please share this podcast uh if you're watching like and share back to the conversation your dad who apparently is doing very well in his remission he, they call it remission right well he is he actually still has dialysis um, and like I was saying, I get those phone calls, but now let's go back to boundaries and being intentional. Mm -hmm. I will call him and say, look, dialysis call. They said you didn't make it. 
You know what you need to do. And that's the only conversation we're having. He's a grown man. He is my parent. Mm -hmm. And so I am not going to take that role on parenting him. And so I put that responsibility back on him because there was once a time when I would take the responsibility and, you know, do I need to leave work and come and pick you up and take you to dialysis because you missed your ride or whatever? No, we don't do that anymore because Mm -hmm. just as I'm intentional about taking care of myself and going to my appointments, he has to do the same for himself. And I can't save him. I can't put a mask on him when I don't have a mask on myself. They tell you that on the plane. Mm -hmm. And so he has to learn how to navigate a lot of these things. And, um, and that that's what manning up really is, Jonathan, that is how you man up, you take responsibility for taking care of yourself. Right. Very true. And it's it's necessary, it's needed. And setting those boundaries, like you said, parents, partners, children, community, church members. I love that test the lion. Oh my goodness. I think that used to be my biggest pet peeve sitting in church um, Sunday after Sunday. And it becomes so routine. Uh, some people may not admit this, but it's the truth. It becomes so routine. You have the same sisters and brothers getting up doing the same test the line. They blessed and highly favored and they on dialysis. They got gout. You know, they just got out of the hospital last week and they're going to be back in the hospital the following week and pray for them because they got surgery coming up. And in the back of my head, I'm sitting over there like, are you manifesting your healing? <laughs> are you got the same testimony? Or your illness? <laughs> are you manifesting your healing or your or illness? Right, that's it. it. Unintentional manifestation. You're you're manifesting something, and mm-hmm. you keep having the same complaint. And I used to just sit there like, okay, all right, God, I, I don't know, I don't know, test the line. And then the same ones, are, <laughs> different story for a different day. That was my vent. Absolutely. <laughs> But you have to be and and when you are in a caring profession, you have to be careful with that, because I remember being in church, sitting next to a friend, you know, we were in prayer, whatever we were holding hands. And so after the prayer was over, I said, what's going on with you? And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, your blood pressure is high. And he was like, no, it's not. And I said, you need to go to the doctor tomorrow. And he was like, "Uh, you know, I'm good. Man up you know, this strong black man, you know, facade. Mm -hmm. And he went to the doctor. I saw him in church the next Sunday. He said, I'm never sitting next to you again because Mm -hmm. I went to the doctor. My blood pressure was high. And I said, I could feel it. I could feel your heart beating through your hand, through the palm of your hand. And that's how I knew, you know, I don't have no superpowers or anything like that, but that was a sure sign that there was something wrong. And so, you know, even just paying attention to those small things and listening, Mm -hmm. if someone makes a suggestion, and fortunately, he listened when I made that suggestion and went and was able to deal with the situation, you know, but you have to be intentional about Mm -hmm. how you take care of yourself, refilling, as Jonathan asked, Mm -hmm. making sure that you recharge. I am very intentional about resting rejuvenating, recharging, and doing what we need to do. Very true. I used to brag about not getting enough sleep. And I know you, that is not a flex. I, okay. I learned that the hard way. That is not a flex where you're working, working, working. You're, you're working freaking 80 hour work weeks. You're doing AM. I was doing AM PM shifts as a training manager. Then I'm going home. I'm trying to be super mom, wearing that cape, trying to be super wife, trying to be super first lady, 
you know, just doing all these things and just tired and exhausted. And I'm in church testifying too, talking about I'm blessed and highly favored and I'm tired. And, and people were probably like, what is wrong with her? Because I'm sure you were short, you were emotional, you didn't have time, you didn't have a lot of patience. And people were like, she mean, she, you know, no. Yes, yes, I get, I mean all the time. Well, I used to. <laughs> She's so mean. She's so short. She's cold hearted. She's this. She's that. I'm it's tired. I'm tired. Absolutely exhausted is what. I'm right. <laughs> and so you gonna get all of this. And in this, in this, this new life of mine, I'm learning to rest. I'm learning to say no with intention. You know, and it's not that I don't care about what the person is asking for. I literally take a, a mental assessment in my mind of how is this going to affect me? What else do I have going on? Before I give you a yes, let me do a mental note of what I already have um, committed to, what other responsibilities I have. Do I have the time, the bandwidth, the emotional bandwidth that a person needs from me? Do I have these things? And if I don't, my answer to that person is going to be no. Now, maybe I can point you into the into another direction, another source, someone else who can help you. And even if I can't find that, I'm going to send you with my love and my blessings and my prayers. I'm not just going to be like, OK, no. Now, some things, if it's ridiculous enough, I'm just going to say, no, you don't get an explanation. That's part of healing, too. Knowing when to give someone an explanation and when not to. Sometimes your no is just absolutely no. Jonathan says 50 Cent rapper said in a song that he could sleep when he's dead he came back in his latest book and explained that he was wrong and has changed his mind a frame on sleep exactly that was me right just going 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 because we're getting this mode of grinding yeah and inexperienced because mm -hmm. when you're dead you're dead we don't know if you sleep or what we, we right. don't know that so you just dead and so you know but when you when you when you know better you do better and a mm -hmm. lot of times we do those types of things because we don't i remember being a party girl in college, going out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we were out. I would come home at like two in the morning, Sunday morning, mm -hmm. sleep on the couch for like four hours, get up at six, shower, change, make sure the hair was together, go right. sing in the choir, come back home. Mm -hmm. Granny had cooked dinner, eat dinner, and then you sleep <laughs> for the rest of the day because I'm exhausted you know right. but that was our rotation and like mm -hmm. now at 10 o'clock i'm yawning yeah. and you know the and it's dark and uh, you know look i i'm i'm finished and i went out to dinner for my cousin's birthday a few weeks ago mm -hmm. and i had to call her because when we got ready to leave um everybody was trying to figure out how they were gonna pay the bill and i'm like look put hundred dollars on my card right came back i signed my card and then i walked out of the restaurant and i was like i didn't say bye to nobody mm -hmm. but i had already told him look i'm sleepy it's 9 30 i'm 45 right. minutes away from home i gotta <laughs> drive like look i'm i'm like this is this a wrap for me and it was like a friday night too so i was like i am so done and yeah, and then I called my cousin. I was like, oh, I was like, tell your friends I am really not that rude. But like, when I started, <laughs> was sleepy, like I really meant that. And mm -hmm. um, I had to go home. 
Oh my goodness. He said, did you go to Alcorn State University too? He was listening to all you got I went to Chicago State University. <laughs> right. Same. Look, look, same, same difference. You you got that party, you got that right. college like in. It's them state yeah. universities that get you all the time. How you out there messed up? <laughs> yeah, I uh yeah, I I I get my sleep now. And then people are like, it's just oh yeah, age. No, it's not, it's wisdom. It's it's wisdom, is what it is. And, and self-care. Self-care. It, it's important. I want to live to be 120 years old. I tell my kids this all the time. I want to see my fourth generation of grandkids that blasted. Okay. I want to be that lady. Now, if God has other plans for me, then God has other plans. But I've already told my creator above, look, I'm going to take the very best care of this body and God and body, spirit. I'm going to need y'all to be with me. We all want a court. We don't want a court in this. So do it the right way because it's some right. white people that my husband's would have made deals with the devil, like Dick oh, no. Cheney. He is like, Dick Cheney got to be 105, and he's still out here hunting, kicking it. And then um, Norman Lear, he just celebrated his 101st birthday. Like, really? dude, you 100. But I mean, you know, and maybe God blessed him because he helped all of these Black people get into TV, and, you know, who knows what it is, but... He, he says that all the time. He is like, he used to say the same thing about Queen Elizabeth. He was like, look, she has made a deal with the devil because she oh, got no. to be like 160. And so, <laughs> you know, you look at these people and you wonder like, what Why is it that, that, like, man? So, now, yeah. uh, my, my ex-husband's granddad lived to be 101 years old. And he yes, was Jonathan, Mitch uncle. McConnell. Yeah, Mitch McConnell, I think he died in front of the camera the other day and came back to life. I think that's what had happened. That that was a stroke. Yeah, um, he had a stroke. That was a stroke. It's not funny. It's not funny but I'm it like, was just like the one Wendy Williams had on camera, but he oh, didn't fall did. out the chair. So there was a Halloween episode, and Wendy Williams, she was dressed like the Statue of Liberty, and yeah. she was standing. She started staring, and she couldn't talk. Same oh. thing. So like, I thought he was dying. I said, "This man is dying in front of the whole world, and everybody's just looking at him." And I thought, "Where's Mitch McConnell?" And you know, God forgive me. And he probably really does have a deal with the devil, but you know, yeah, he right, and not me. I'm just no, it's, it's God Almighty for me, you know, God, the Holy Spirit, God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's that's who we praying to around here, yes, you know, well, that's who I am praying to <laughs> around here, you know, yeah. I told like it's 120 years old, that might be a bit long, but hopefully, if they live along with me, then you know, hey, we all be old together, yes, 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 yeah. I'm taking care of, of my body body mind and spirit all of it um together so here i'm gonna do a quick recap because i know people are popping on and off so if you catch this later self-care equals organic care of your body everything you need you have within you mm -hmm. okay and it, it to heal yourself to find internal happiness to be balanced to live your best life for god for self and for others yes i put self before the other people because you have to live in this body this is your temple and you have to be here for other people. So you got to take care of yourself. Moving past that heartbreak at the very beginning of this, we said, how do you begin? How do you begin? It's different for everybody, right? Go ahead, uh, Dr. Sharice. That is true. And one of the things that you mentioned at the very beginning, you talked about being stuck. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a blog a while ago called the spirit of stuck because mm -hmm. I see stuck as a spirit. 
And um, in the Bible, it tells us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities. And I feel like stuck is one of those things that we wrestle with. And it is absolutely a spirit. And so um, it is something that you can get over. Mm -hmm. It is something that you can combat. And it is something that will probably happen repeatedly throughout the course of your life. But the goal is to start small, start with what you have, where you are. And most importantly, with stuck is putting one foot in front of the other. Um, For me, my stuck has been um, exercise. And Mm -hmm. so, um, and you know, I had to sit down and think about myself and I'm like, okay, you reaching one of those milestone ages where they tell you once you reach a certain age, it's not as easy, you know, you can't. And I noticed that, you know, my husband and I have been on this eating right weight loss thing together and he started and I always tell him like, you know, you make up your mind that you're going to lose weight and you lose 20 pounds. And it took me 20 months to lose 20 pounds. And so, (laughs) (laughs) but our motivation is different. And he now, honestly, he will go and, and work out for an hour, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I struggle to fit 30 minutes into my day. And it comes back to that. I, I'm i teaching people about self-care. And mm-hmm. so if I'm working, um, you know, multiple jobs, I do contract work, you know, things like that. And I'm giving everybody else my time and I can write them an invoice for the work that I'm doing for them. And I can't stop for 30, 35 minutes a day. And go walk on the treadmill or go walk around the neighborhood or, mm-hmm. you know, like, seriously, is like, is that really what we going to do, Sharice? And so I had like, I had to have, you know, and, and that's how I talk to God and that's how I talk to myself. Mm-hmm. And right. so it was like, you know, I can't go to the doctor and be mad when I leave when she said, you know, well, you know. Miss Bradford, you need to lose five pounds or 10 pounds. I can't be mad at her because she she has given me the tools that I need. And again, it's free. She right. likes to walk every day. Mm-hmm. And so how do I incorporate that? And so, um, like I said, in Chicago, you can't be outside all year round. That's just no. no. So what I've been doing now is I will leave out of the office every day most days of the week and i walk around i work in city hall our building is a square block so i will walk around the building two or three times and right. then i'll go back and i'll work and then later on in the day i'll do it again and so even if and i had even started like a walking group there was an african-american walking club called girl trek that's nationwide and mm-hmm. i had gotten some people together in city hall that says you know let's walk laps around the building and so we were doing that for a while and um, but you have to have those moments. I see Jonathan and Jonathan, yes, yeah. because even you can have listen, the Bible says, and all that getting get understanding, and so I can have all of these degrees up here on the wall, right? At some point, there's got to be a come to Jesus moment for me, too. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, we can be the best at what we do and still fall short on our personal side. And so, I try to, like, one of my friends said. Um, that hallelujah is not the highest praise that you can offer God. She was like, that's what we were taught, but that is wrong. Mm-hmm. And she said, the highest praise we can offer God is do you, Luya, because it's what you do. 
it's not what you say out of your mouth. It's what you do. Right. So I right. have to let my do your Luya live up to what I'm expecting and believing for believing God to do for me. And I'm believing that God is going to get the other. I got like a button and a half. And so he going to take that half a butt away. So that okay. one okay. and we're going to be good because I'm just trying to get rid of that. I just want one. I'm going to tell you something my doctor told me, which made it easier for me. And I, I haven't, I used to work out like a maniac. Like I, it becomes an addiction to, for some people. But what got me started was he told me something really simple. I had bursitis in my hip because for some reason, when I get a certain weight, I'm five, two. So first of all, I trust me, if I get a certain weight, I get my hip starts hurting really bad. And uh, I was like, he was like, get out and walk, get out and do these things. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. He was like, Cheryl, I need you to get your heart rate up for 20 minutes a day. Can you do that? Just 20 minutes a day. He was like, even if it's just three days a week to start, I need you to get that heart rate up for 20 minutes. Can you do it? He was like, I don't care if you do jumping jacks, you walk the block, figure out something. You dance, you get, you put your Zoom on, you got your weed machine. And this was back when weeds were popular. He said 20 minutes put a timer on, get that heart rate up. And he challenged me. He would make me come back three months later just to see if I had dropped whatever weight he asked me to drop. You know, he said, granny is basically fun size. <laughs> I am, I'm like really tiny, I'm petite. So I started working out and then I found that I loved it. Uh, but here's the thing about being self-care. This is the part, the hard part, the hard part. And we all struggle with it. I struggle with it. Everybody struggles with it self-disciplined and accountability okay we have to you know motivate ourselves to get up and do because trust me going to the gym my brain's like nah we'll do it tomorrow and i'm like no get up right now and do it mm -hmm. i don't know if y'all ever heard of uh forget his name i think dr sean he, he does happiness psychology the the happy psychology the psychology of happiness i love him i'm going to put uh, a link to his book as well he has this thing where he he did a um a study with happiness and they were in a crowded train station and they fixed the steps going up the escalator to where it was just regular steps but on the stairs the actual stairs they put piano notes like a piano key mm. going all the way up just to see how many people would take the stairs versus the escalator Old people, young people, big people, little people, black people, white people, it didn't matter. Overwhelmingly, like 70% of people took the stairs so that they could hear the musical notes as they went up. So you have to figure out a way to make the activity fun for you, to increase your serotonin levels and your endorphins to make you want to do a thing. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna post the happiness psychology. I'm gonna post that study for you guys to see because in addition to the Four Agreements, my other favorite psychologist to listen to is uh, Dr. Sean. I can't think of his last name right now, but I have his book on the shelf. I just don't want to get up because then y'all get to see my 10 booties and that's not happening. I, <laughs> but I am going to post his book. It's about the happiness psychology and how you can retrain your brain to think differently from how you were raised. He told another story about his sister. She was six and he was seven and they were playing on the top bunk and Unfortunately, she accidentally fell down. They were playing. He pushed her by accident. She fell down. And in his little seven-year-old brain, he didn't want her to scream because he didn't want to get in trouble. So he said he jumped down off the top bunk and he was like, oh my goodness, did you see how you landed? You're a unicorn. 
only unicorns land like that. And he said he could see her little six-year-old face struggling to decide, do I want to cry or do I want to be happy because I'm a unicorn? She chose to be happy because she was a unicorn. And unicorns are special and they can fly. And he said he learned at that young age, oh, I have a superpower of sorts, not only for her, but for me. And we have to learn to do that with ourselves. You can choose to remain in pain or you can choose another option to be a unicorn, to be whatever you're going to be to get you over that particular piece of pain, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to figure out how to make it fun and interesting for yourself. I'm going to post that study too. I love that book. I can't even, I used to make my trainers when I was a training manager. Once a year, I would make them watch that video. Mm. It was like, do we have to watch it again? Well, yeah, because see, this the negative self-talk that's getting you. Let's right. Yeah, let's do this exercise again because you have to learn every day. It is a everyday journey. We're doing this every day. Okay. Absolutely. I was so exhausted. We had a family reunion. I didn't get home to one o'clock in the morning. It's only a seven-hour drive from Nashville, Tennessee to Bugaloose, Louisiana. But with my elderly parents, that seven-hour drive turned into 10 hours. Woo! So <laughs> I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I get right back up this morning. I have not stopped. We found the funnest things to do. And I did have a couple moments in there where I had to really breathe through it because like six hours into the trip, my mama wanted to stop for the 110th time. And whoo, she just wanted to be like, sit down, be quiet and don't move until we get home. I wanted to treat her like she used to treat me as a child. Right. I need you to stay in that seatbelt. Don't you say nothing until we get to Louisiana. That is, listen, that is how I am with my grandmother. Um, right. she, when we go out, she always complains. She always wants to go out. But then when we get to the restaurant, she doesn't want to eat because she had an injury and her dentures don't fit right and all this other kind of stuff. And so, but she will say, well, can I order a drink? Well, sure. And so I, I treat her like parents treat their kids. So I will take the drink and I'll put it in the middle of the table. And I'll say, you have to take five bites of your food. And so the first time we did it and my mom was with us, she was looking and she was like, so when we left the restaurant, she said, I can't believe you treated my mother like that. And I said, look, I'm paying. So she gonna eat that food because I know what happens when she gets home she gonna throw it away or somebody else gonna eat it and mm -hmm. then she gonna talk about she hungry so i'm gonna make sure that she eats right and, and she can do whatever she want to do and you know not and then one time i called her and she would take a bite and then when i wasn't looking she would try it. and i'm like lady i see you and so i, I always go to the back of the restaurant in the corner and i say I you can take your dentures out so can't <laughs> nobody see you and just eat and so, you know, but that has become our compromise. And, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes you do just have to take the reins and be like, look. Right. That part. And Jonathan put your money, now it's my money. Jonathan, he put, we're a kid twice and an adult once. Yes. And that's so yes. true. And then the, during the years that we're adulting, this is this part where we're trying to be our best selves, or at least we should. So I'm just I'm just going to hang up my head and be like, I'm just going to be a kid. I'm going to retire from adulthood now. I can't do that. But anyway, we're coming up on the last few minutes. So 
Thank you so much, Dr. Sharice, for joining us today to talk about self-care versus self-maintenance. I will have her information up and pinned for anyone who needs a transformational therapist. You need to talk to her about anything you have questions regarding self-care, anything related to being stuck, changing, transforming, moving forward. She is also a minister, a woman of God. So if you feel like you need that type of counseling, her information will, will be available. Remember, self-care is organic, okay? It starts within. And yeah. you have all the tools available to you to help you get past that hump. How to start from being unstuck? How to get unstuck? Simply start. You got to start. It could be the smallest step ever, but you have to start. If you find yourself having a repeated thought, you got to start talking to yourself in a positive manner. Ant. We talked about ant, which is something negative thoughts, automatic negative thoughts. Right. It's part of that making assumptions. Don't make assumptions. That's part of my motto. We automatically wake up making assumptions about ourselves. There's certain parts of my body I don't like. But now I'm changing the way I feel about the certain parts of my body because, again, I want this body to carry me all the way through life. And the only reason I have a hang up about certain parts of my body is because I'm thinking about what a potential partner would think about it. Let's be honest. I'm thinking about what a potential partner would think about my body. I love my body. So whoever God sends, he's going to have a problem with whatever this body, it's going to provide what it needs. It's going to do, it's going to body like it needs to body. And anyone else who doesn't agree with that is not for them, which has also been part of my journey. I'm going to keep all of my cookies to myself until that person comes along. Simple. That's right. You know, which is apologetic. Unapologetic about it, mm -hmm. and I don't care what man comes along. They could come and go. I'm, I don't do item chit chat anymore. I don't know what that's about. But like, if you saying hello to me, well, state your purpose. State your purpose clearly and quickly. Because if you don't have one, I need you to stop talking to me again. Unapologetic about my now. To the left, to the left. I went to see Beyonce two weeks ago. So to the Ooh. left, to the left. <laughs> Very good. Congratulations. I hope that was that fun. I it was go. wonderful. It was worth every penny. I did not spend a thousand dollars paying for no ticket. I bought a <laughs> ticket on a resale app. It was very reasonable. I had excellent oh, seats and it was worth every dime I spent. And even very if good. it was more than that, I work every day and You're I can afford it. That's self-maintenance, you guys. You see the difference? She went and got her some self-maintenance because, hey, I love a good concert. I love a good comedy, uh, comedy show. Thank you so much for being on the show. I will have your information posted. I hope to have you back in the near future. I also need to announce to you all that this is season two, episode 10. I forgot to say this in the beginning. This is my final episode for this season. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much. We uh, we ending the season on self-care versus self-maintenance. This episode will be available not only on Facebook, but also on the I Am Wo media group page. It's going to re-air tonight on Black With No Chasers Radio, so make sure you all download the app for free. It will be available for, on all other streaming platforms this Wednesday at 5 a.m. It will be available wherever you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Free Radio, and wherever you get your podcast. okay? Thank you so much. God bless you, Dr. Sharice. We will be in touch. We're going to stay in touch now because yes. you're part of the family. Part of All the right. Time. Okay. Yes. Thank you, you for having me again. And good luck on season three and everything else that is coming your way. You deserve nothing but the best success. 
Thank you. And same to you. God bless. Wayne, you can take us out. Stay on, Dr. Sharice. Don't hang, don't, don't go off just yet. But crowd, everyone. See y'all later. Bye. Thank you.